This episode is brought to you by the insurance agent I use for my own business, Doug Lynch, and his broker, Tracy Deerfelt, with the Nationwide Contractors Alliance. In the last year, I got to know Doug and Tracy as they were consulting for me on some questions I had for my own company. And after more than a decade in the business, I can confidently say I didn't even understand half the equation when it comes to general liability insurance. Confident, actually, that very few builders do. I had some big gaps in my understanding and even more in my coverage. Now, this is a risk-heavy business and you can't leave everything you've built. No pun intended to chance. Make sure you have good protection. Make sure you have reliable protection and make sure the agents you work with have your back. Doug and Tracy are by far the best I've found in the business or I wouldn't use them myself. They assessed my particular business, built me a customized plan around it, and now, of course, I sleep better at night as a result. Visit douglaslynch.com and nwcalliance.com to learn more about how insurance and other solutions can really work for builders. You may not think that it's possible for a construction podcast to be fun. And the truth is, fun is not the the primary objective here, right? We're here to learn and to get better and to become badasses at what we're doing. That said, if fun happens to ensue on an episode, then uh, all the better. And uh, I've got a treat for you guys today because actually, at least for me, this was a fun episode. Our guest is Carol Morgan, who's the president of Denim Marketing out of Atlanta. Now, Carol is a marketing and social media and branding expert. That's what she does. She also, for our benefit, happens to be uh, very involved in the home building industry and works with a lot of builder clients, very involved in different uh, building councils. In fact, she was the past chair of the NEHB's Professional Women in Building Council. So, to add on to her list of accolades, uh, Carol has authored four different books, uh, so she knows a thing or two about what she's talking about today. She also is a fellow podcaster. Her podcast is called the Atlanta Real Estate Forum. By the way, as as a side note, uh, did y'all know that they're almost like we're closing in on a million podcasts out there right now, like 1 million podcasts, which blows my mind. Um, So I owe you guys a debt of gratitude for listening. If you're ever in the Austin area, hit me up. I'll buy you a drink. Anyway, back to this episode. Um, This is going to be a cool one because we're talking about the uh, five ways that builders can stand out in a crowded market, something that is important for all of us because As we know, in an industry where there's a lot of competition, we need to be on top of our game to really try to figure out how best to get the right clients, enough clients, the clients with the the good budgets that make sense for our our business. Carol's going to help us with that. You guys enjoy this episode. Carol, today we're going to be talking about five ways to stand out in a crowded market, which you are um, uniquely positioned to talk about. So I'm, I'm excited for this, but we're going to do a little di- different format as you and I discussed in 
and I'm largely going to turn it over to you to to run through your uh, your list. And if I have anything of of value to add, which is which is possibly doubtful, uh, <laughs> I I will do so. I am sure you will have a lot to add. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive in. Dive in. All right. Well, I think the first one is you know it, it seems kind of obvious, but people overlook it. You know, be fun and be creative. You know, it is a crowded market. And you think about just think about TV commercials for instance. You know, for instance, what stands out to you? You know, it's the ones that are fun or funny. I mean, if Allstate, Progressive, Geico, and State Farm can make, you know, car insurance and house insurance and insurance in general fun, then we as, you know, the home building industry should be able to make our product fun too. So I think, you know, I think to me that's the biggest one, just being creative and having fun with it. I like to quote um, Dr. Seuss, you know, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Appropriate. Yeah. So, so to me, that's the biggest thing is, um, you know, not being so... I guess, you know, stuffy and corporate, you know, have a little fun, you know, talk about the things that are fun and the reasons you're, you know, passionate about what you do and, um, and you know, and find a way to, to infuse your entire brand with that, um, you know, whether it's just, you know, a creative way you write or a creative way you take photos or, um, you know, or maybe you've got some fun promotions you want to run, but, you know, something to have fun. So that's my, my first suggestion. Well, that's something that uh, I, I think, so you've done with your, with your company, uh, with Denim Marketing. And I think that, you know, just a, a quick review of, of your website, which I actually encourage everybody <laughs> to do. I'm not, uh -huh. by the way, this is, I know that sounds like a plug. I'm really not intending, I'm really not intending it to be. I really think that it's a good example of what creative marketing could be. And I encourage people to, to check it out. Um, but, but I, I mentioned that because as builders, we fall into, uh, I think, um, a lot of same footprints with our branding and our marketing material. And if I, I bet if you went and audited, you know, every builder's website in the country, the, the data would come back with a ton of very similar terminology used, similar words, descriptions, things like that. Not for everybody. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not accusing all of us here. Um, but for a lot of people. And so I'm curious if you have, uh, by chance, any builders that come into mind, um, that really have done a good job and are good examples of breaking out of the mold. Wow. Um, there's definitely a few. Uh, one of the ones that I think does a good job in Atlanta is the Providence Group. Um, a good friend of mine is their vice president of, of marketing, uh, Kelly Fink, and they started vlogging, which is kind of interesting. You know, we've talked about podcasting, obviously, and we're on one. We've talked some about blogging off air, but, you know, vlogging is a video blog. And I think they've done a really good job of portraying themselves in a fun, informative way through those vlogs. Um, so, you know, that's one way you can stand out. Out. You know, other people have done a good job, whether it's just, you know, the style of renderings they use or the style of photography they use. Um, you know, there's there's different fun things you can do or you can, um, for instance, there was once a builder in Atlanta, and I think we're soon to have another one who's going to do this, who talks about the house from the dog's perspective. <laughs> 
I've and, never heard that. And you think about that today. So, you know, you can have a dog as a mascot or a cat as a mascot, and you talk about what they like about the house. And you look at today's buyer demographic, and, you know, millennials especially are more likely to buy a house for their dog than they are to buy a house because they're getting married or buy a house because they're having kids. I mean, typically it's having a yard and a place for the dog to play is, you know, a huge motivation for buying a house. So, you know, if you can put it in the, in the dog's terms. And even if you don't have a dog, most people like dogs and they can relate to that and they can relate to the, oh, well, you know, I really like the kitchen floor because it's tile and it's cool for me to sleep on. So you can really talk a lot about the house in, you know, kind of a fun, informative way. Um, Yeah, that's cool. And and catch people, yeah, catch people's attention. So, you know, um, because, you know, dogs have great perspective if you think about it from their perspective and, you know, most of us, most of us have had one, or will have one, or can at least relate to them. So I think that's a fun way to do it. Um, trying to think if I can think of any other examples, kind of off the top of my head. Um, I think I think those are you know kind of good ones and fun ones. And I'd be interested in seeing if any of your listeners have examples. Um, you know, I'd love to hear about those. Yeah, well, that's a good start. And it sounds like if Dr. Seuss were on the podcast with us right now, he would be saying kind of general theme here is loosen up but just know how to do it in a tasteful manner correct yes yes um so let's i guess let's go on to my second tip which is to use social media and do it well um there's lots of people on social media and i think a lot of times you know builders and other companies feel like they do it well but are they really doing it well you know are they using original content is their content unique to them are they posting you know fairly frequently on some sort of schedule where at least when somebody goes to their facebook page there's been a post made in the last you know week you know maybe in the last couple days versus the last post might have been in 2007 and yes i still see crazy stuff like that you know sites that have been abandoned but are still up Um, so, you know, if you're going to use it, then use it. The posts should be relevant. They need to have, you know, great graphics, not just good graphics, but great graphics, photography, video. You cannot stress enough the importance of video in social media and on your website today. Um, you know, something, something that I think we still find fall behind as a home building industry on is, is video. Um, yeah, I I agree. I, I'm curious exactly what you mean by video. And I, th- I think you're probably talking about a lot of the different components that a video can be, but you know, are you talking about like video walkthroughs of our homes? Are you talking about the principles of the, of the company going on air, talking about certain, certain things or specifically, what do you mean by video? I think all of the above. It could be a testimonial from a client, a walkthrough of a home, showing what's behind the walls in a home. Um, you know, uh, talking to a buyer about their home buying experience, um, you know, showing the overall neighborhood that you're building in, showing, you know, what's down the street, the fact that you can walk to that cool, you know, brew pub down the street, um, you know, from your home. All of that, I think, is important. And it really showcases, um, you know, what's nearby and what's um, available if you live in that community. And after all, you know, that's why people buy, for, they buy for a location. So show them what's going on with that location. Yeah. And you know, now there's really no excuse because our, our iPhones are so advanced <laughs> with some of their, their camera mm-hmm. and editing features that, 
you know, you can more or less create professional style photos and videos just right there on your iPhone if you know what you're doing. Right. They've, the cameras on them have gotten so much better. And, and of course, they've been great on those Samsungs and some of the droids for years. And iPhones finally finally caught finally up. Caught up. tired <laughs> of sharing market share with other people. Right. Um, but, you know, again, on your social media, you want to have fun there, too. So, you know, if you can find ways to get people involved with your social. So, you know, posting something that where maybe you use a specific hashtag and ask people to you know repost or to post their photos using that hashtag. Um, you know, uh, we've seen people do, I guess, a contest we just finished running was an Elfie selfie contest where a builder put a, a, you know, an Elfie in each of their different model homes and anyone who came by during the month of December and found Elfie and took a picture of Elfie and posted it with a hashtag was entered to win um, a gift certificate. So, you know, just something fun that gets people involved. doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of money. It doesn't have to be that elaborate. Um, you know, do just make sure it, com- you know, complies with uh, social media standards for contests and promotions because all the different sites have slightly different rules and regulations and you don't want your page to get banned. So make sure you're compliant. Um, but you can have a lot of fun on social media. It doesn't necessarily just have to be pushing your messaging out and trying to sell that house. You know, talk about the fun things that happen in your company. Talk about the people within your company. You know, the posts that are read more than anything else are posts with p- pictures of people in them. So whether that's your, you know, construction superintendent who maybe just had a new baby and you're posting a photo of, of you know, him or her and the baby and congratulating them, or whether it's the new happy couple that just moved into your one of, one of your homes, um, including that type of content is really going to help break through the clutter. One thing that we do with our, um, with our content, or I guess at least with, with building optimal is we try to provide some piece or element of value with Mm -hmm. most, with most of our posts. And then if we're, if we're going to be asking something from somebody like listen to an episode, um, we'll, we'll lump that into the, the ask category, but you know, so for somebody who's selling something, you, your post for lack of, of, um, complexity here, we'll say, you know, it can be a post of providing some sort of information tidbit or value or asking for a sale or whatever. And I have heard, I think there are various metrics out there, but, uh, I've heard that, you know, the, the vast majority of your posts need to really be providing value and information to people. And then every once in a while you can drop in, the um, the, the sale or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. If you could talk about, you know, again, thinking about it from a home builder's perspective, you know, even just talking about how to take care of your home, you know, what should you be doing um, to your lawn in the winter? What should you be doing to your lawn in the spring? You know, things that give them reasons to keep coming back. Um, and then giving them something that's of, of, of added value. So perhaps you've got a new hot community, you know, opening up that everyone wants to know when it's when it's opening or when they can get on the VIP list or whatever it is, giving that information a day or two before you release it to the masses and giving that information out to the people who follow you and are loyal to you on social media can give them a reason to come back as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, my next one's promotions. And we've talked about promotions some, but, you know, giving them a way to get involved. So, you know, the hot topics you hear out there right now are, um, 
you know, raving fans. You want to create raving fans or you want to get, you know, third party credibility. You want to get other people to do the heavy lifting for you. You know, whether that's, again, a selfie contest or a discount or a hashtag, you know, give them some way to get involved because, the average, um, I actually just looked this up for a presentation I'm getting ready to do. The average person on Facebook has 338 friends. So you think about it, you know, if they're posting to your page and tagging something to your page, it's also going to show up in their feed. And now their 338 friends have an opportunity to see it too. So you can really gain lots and lots of more eyes on your post if you've got a way to engage your raving fans. Um, and sometimes it's just as simple as asking, you know, your staff who work for you to, you know, we've got a promotion running. Will you promote it on your page? You know, or asking your your vendors or the different people you write a check to. You know, there's something to be said for if you scratch their back, they'll scratch yours too. So if you're promoting them, then they're more likely to promote you. But um, giving them something that's of value, whether it's a discount or a way to see themselves on your page, that's going to help and increase that um influence in that reach um, dramatically. Yeah, that's the kind of the network effect in, in action, I think, where you, you um, this is an entirely separate topic altogether probably, but you know, how do you create your tribe, your group of raving right. fans, yep. but then taking in what you're saying, take that tribe or the, those raving fans and engaging them because maybe you've got, you know, 100 raving fans, but they've got 338 friends each. So if you can engage them to share, promote your content, then you just uh, exponentially drove mm-hmm. your your in, your engagement and your reach with your brand and your and your message. Yeah, and I think people kind of miss that point sometimes. They just feel like, okay, well, I'm going to promote to the thousand or two thousand people who like my Facebook page. Well, the reality is, unless that thousand or two thousand people who like your page are actively engaged with your page, they're probably not going to see that post. So they say that of your, you know, fans, only six point four percent of them see whatever you post which is, you know, that's very low reach, which is why it's important to do promotions and important to run advertising and important to do things that get, you know, your not just new audience, but the audience that already likes you to get them to interact and to get them to give you a thumbs up and to comment and to share and all those actions that cause them to see the next post you put up because they just responded to the last post. So it's a little bit of a push and pull effect. Um, You know, you can push your messages out there um, and if you have some really good messages and maybe you push them out a little farther with advertising, you can pull those big people back into your page. So the next time you post something, they're going to see it organically versus you having to pay to get them to see it again. And that's why it's important to get people engaged with your page. If they're not engaged, they're not seeing it. And, and again, I think that's what people miss. You've got to get them engaged and you know, reading it and looking at it and reacting to it. And promotions are a phenomenal way to do that. So, um, the next one I really like, I think this is the stealthiest thing out there. And, um, you know, there are people in the industry who really get it. And then there's those who really don't, but geofencing, and I don't know if you've got any experience in that, but it's a fantastic way to reach your buyers when they're in a buying mode. 
I hardly know anything at all about this. So, so I, I'm your audience here. I'm your, oh, <laughs> I'm your target market for this point. Let's well, hear it. So if you think about it, so think about it and I'll give you a couple of different examples. So let's say, you know, you're a, you're a large or small builder. It doesn't matter, but you're building in uh, perhaps a master plan community or community that's got two or more builders, yourself and one other, right? So chances are each of those builders is going to have their own sales model, right? Sales center. So if you geofence your competitor's sales model, whether it's the one that's in the community that you're in or it's the one that's, you know, a block down the street that you're really selling head to head against with similar pricing and features and size and you know, you're both selling townhomes, you're both selling single family homes or whatever it is, you can geofence the parking lot of their sales center. So that everyone who drives in that parking lot is getting this cookie, you know, code added to their phone. So then when they're out browsing on their phone, they're going to start to see your ads. Now, what's really cool about that is chances are somebody's not driving to see a model home unless they're actively engaged in the buying process. So they're either really shopping or maybe they work for the builder. It's always a possibility, right? But you're going to have a whole lot more people shopping than working for the builder. So it's a great way to, in a couple of ways, you know, kind of steal your competitor's traffic. And we've seen this work very, very effectively in multiple markets. So that's one example. Uh, that That's fascinating and also terrifying at the same time <laughs> that we've got that kind of technology right now. I know. Well, there's even, um, so there's companies that will geofence billboards even. So you can geofence the billboard location so that everybody who drives by that billboard um, gets a cookie dropped on their you know, phone. So they saw the billboard, which told them to you know, turn left to see you know, blah, blah, blah community or blah, blah, blah home builder. And then they're going to turn around and the next time they look at their phone, they're going to be served an ad that tells them again about that community. So you've already gotten two of your touch points right there. Now, how do you do this? Is this something you can do within uh, Google ad um, the Google ad platform or are there like online softwares that you yeah, there's contract online, with? There's, there's, yeah, there's ad services that you contract with. I see. It's actually interesting. Now that you point that out, it's kind of interesting that Google isn't offering this along with everything else they do. So, you know, Google's still very focused on pay-per-click, which, you know, is effective, but you know, you're gambling on somebody putting the right search phrase in into their, you know, computer, into their browser to find you. And then, you know, you're gambling on the fact that you hope they click on your ad. Um, you know, this is a little bit more targeted in that you're getting them while they're in the shopping process and, you know, not just hoping they get your ad. You know, chances are they are going to get your ad. Um, we've seen um, flooring showrooms use it. <laughs> I think this is hilarious as well. You think about it. If you've got a big, you know, carpet showroom or um, hardwood flooring, um, you know, uh, display and you're trying to attract those people when they're in that purchase process, you can do the same thing. You can geofence your competitor down the road so so that they, you know, keep you in the consideration process as well. Or maybe they'd never even heard of you. So, you know, you serve them an ad that tells them they can get tile installed for 99 cents a foot if they, you know, buy now and it's going to be interest free for X number of years, whatever that ad is. So that that works well as as well as a method. So <laughs> now, the other side of this coin is the question of who's geofencing you. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I think wow. my, fa my favorite example is a builder that um, geofenced the doctor's parking lot at a hospital. 
They had a community that was very upscale and very close to the hospital, in fact, walkable, and felt like that the doctors and that the staff at this hospital would be the perfect um, you know, fit for their product. But it's almost impossible to market to doctors. They're pretty well protected. So they just geofenced the parking lot. So everyone who drove into the doctor's parking lot got a you know code on their phone and then was served the ads. And uh, Brilliant. They, uh-huh. So, so again, it's really, really stealthy. If you think of it in terms of, you know, what's that buyer's group that I can't reach? Or how do I really steal more of my competition's traffic? Then geofencing is definitely the way to go. Do you know how accurate it is down to, I mean, can you geofence oh. a, a, you know, single platted lot or is it absolutely and within wow. a parking lot if you know that the sales agents cars always park in the you know maybe they've got the spaces marked as sales agent spaces you can cut those out of the geofence i mean it's very very <laughs> accurate you could geofence just my chair in my office if you wanted to okay here, yeah. here's my here's my last question <laughs> and I'll, i'm just intrigued by all this uh-huh. i mean can you can you give us um general like costs some sort of some sort of cost structure on how this thing works yeah most send there's different companies you know the 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 bigger companies probably are going to start higher but we have been able to find geofencing for clients for as low as 1500 a month um you know for setting up the ads and running the ads you know it can depend on how many ad sets and you know how many places you're geofencing but you know it's probably the the low end and it can, you know, it goes up from there. Um, I'd say probably more of a norm of a starting price that I see more often is 2,500. So, you know, it's not the least expensive thing, but lots of builders are spending that on pay-per-click. So, you know, you could take some of your pay-per-click budget and you could put it into geofencing for a while. Um, The neat thing about pay-per-click and geofencing and Facebook and all these different ad types and even, you know, the data that's in your CRM system or that's in your email marketing system is you can really get sophisticated with retargeting some of the people. So maybe you've had somebody who's connected with you, you know, through your website and they're now, you know, a document, a file in your CRM system. You can upload everybody who's contacted you about, you know, XYZ houseplan or XYZ community or whatever it is, you can upload all of them to Facebook and retarget them on Facebook with an ad that, you know, makes sense and correlates and builds on what they were already interested in. And there's a lot of cross promotion you can do between all of these different tactics that makes it even savvier, which, you know, which is why when you pick up your phone, you're seeing ads that are more and more relevant to you because it's based on what you search for and based on what you've done. And then you're being retargeted in various different places. We got to, <laughs> we got to, we got to move on or I'm going to keep drilling you with questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's move on to the, so my last suggestion to stand out in a crowded market. And again, you'd think this is obvious, but be responsive. You know, this seems like the easy part, but for some reason it really just isn't. You know, you, you look at the studies on response from website leads and they're still tremendously low. Um, you know, we as an industry get these leads and often don't have a great follow-up system in place, or maybe we follow up once and never again. So, you know, following up on those leads, um, following up on Facebook, somebody's messaged you on Facebook, or they've 
um, you know, written a comment that's kind of a, a, a buying type question, you know, following up with those. And again, that's gotten a little bit easier. If you have a CRM system, you can plug your CRM system into your Facebook and get your Facebook um, messages and and all of your Facebook information will come through to your CRM and you can actually just respond to them directly from your CRM and not have to go to Facebook to answer all those messages. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, same for email, just respond and nurture your leads, no matter where you get them from, nurture them and stay on top of them. Again, you know, if you consider how much just noise there is out there, you know, everybody's trying to sell something to these people. Everyone, everybody's got something for sale, whether it's a house or whether it's a car or whether, you know, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you are standing out, you're being creative with your follow-up and you're being responsive and getting back to them in a timely fashion. Well, I think it's a great piece of advice. And the, the thing I'll add or the questions that I'll add for anybody listening to this is, um, so you need to be responsive. How are you going to, how are you going to build a system to consistently be responsive? So mm -hmm. questions that come to my mind are one, who on your team is accountable for responding to those people, make sure that's clearly identified and understood. And then, and then two, what is the, what is the system and the protocol? There really should be some, some set standard about how quickly you'll respond, how quickly you will check back in, et cetera. So both of those things I think need to be systemized in order for this fifth tip to really be properly funneled through the company. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and it, I think it's probably no surprise to anyone who's tuned in to know that, you know, companies that have online sales counselors, you know, turn a lot more of these leads into sales. And it's because they've got somebody actively focused on just that, who's working the leads, you know, day in, day out, following up, putting them into some sort of automated drip campaign where they're getting regular follow up. I mean, it's just so important that you have these different marketing systems in place and they don't have to be outrageously expensive and they don't have to take a ton of time to set up, but you should be using something that helps you to nurture your leads. I mean, I know um, <laughs> I have a new builder client that literally I have been following up and talking to for three years now who just signed, just signed a contract with us for us to do their 2020 marketing. But, you know, the process is just as long for a home builder often to turn that buyer into a sale as well. So I think often, you know, we'll follow up once or twice and then just kind of forget about them. And that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. You know, follow up and follow up and follow up and nurture them and give them information that's of interest to them. And, you know, coach them through the whole process until they buy from you or buy from someone else or tell you to go away. Yeah. What about the, um, I don't know the name for the software, but the, those little functions where it, when you go to somebody's website, the, like the little kind of online fake person yeah, online pops chat. up. Yep, yeah. I love the online chats. Um, you, again, if you have one, you man it. Um, sometimes you go to pages that they're just never, ever, ever manned. The nice thing about online chat is though it can be manned, um, you know, during the hours you want it to be. And then when there's nobody there, they can send an email. But, you know, again, yeah. <laughs> needs to, that needs to be manned. And most online chats have some sort of, you know, back end system with them or they're going to tie into your CRM system. So you're going to have a catalog of those leads and hopefully a person who's responsible for following up with those and has a system in place for following up with them so they don't go by the wayside. 
Yeah, and I'm guessing with online chats, you can structure it to where when somebody sends you a chat message on your your website, it can just be sent as a text message to your phone. Yes, that, absolutely. There's yeah, lots so that's of so stuff easy. like that. Yep, it is easy. And I guess that's the other thing on being responsive. You know, asking. Um, you know, our, our potential customers now, how they want to communicate, because you're going to find a percentage of the population that would much rather text you than have a phone call or an email. Yeah. Um, but you need to know that. So, you know, and I, and, and it may, de- it's going to depend on the person. It's not even generational anymore. I think it depends on the situation. I mean, I know I'm that way. I would rather have an email or a text, but you can call me if you want. Um, but you know, it's nice to have that, uh, you know, the, the back and forth that you see on text and it's so immediate. People love it. So, so I'm seeing more and more and more builders ask on their, you know, contact forms, you know, how would you like to be communicated with? You know, if you give you a mobile number, you know, would you like to text? So not just asking for the number, but asking if they, if they would like to text. Um, So I think that's a trend we're going to see a lot more of. I like that idea. Even, even for, you know, our audience is, is, um, a little bit of everything, but largely, um, custom builders. And we hardly ever use those like online chat bots or online chat functions. But I think that like an online chat box on your homepage and on, on all the relevant pages, one that's there probably inconspicuous because some are kind of gaudy and obnoxious, right, but right. one that's, that's there. I bet that really would get utilized by people that come to your page. I bet it's a, a, a really nice upgrade for a lot of us custom builders to consider implementing on our websites. Just a, just a hunch. Yeah, I would say so. The other thing, you know, for the custom builders, you know, a lot of custom builders that I talk to really feel like they're too small to have like automated follow-up. But, you know, if you think of automated follow-up to an email in terms of maybe it's just five emails, but if they're evergreen, you know, you basically set it up once through MailChimp or your CRM or whatever your preferred email provider is. And so, you know, I contact you and I get back, you know, you know, the first initial, thank you so much for contacting me. And then, and then maybe I get that personal follow-up that, you know, ask me a few more questions. And then two or three weeks from now, I'm going to get a follow-up that says, let me tell you a little bit more about Gossip Custom Homes. We're 15 years old. We've been building in the area, you know, and focusing on energy efficient, you know, whatever it is, it's just a way for you to get your message out. And then the next one's, um, you know, we've got two new floor plans that we've we've built recently that we think you might be interested in. Maybe you have one about customization, one about how you work with the designer, you know, to really personalize their home. You know, whatever it is that's unique to your company, it's easy to come up with five or 10 or 15 of those that go out on a two or three week basis, again, until they get back in touch with you and start in that sales process or buy or, you know, go away. Um, but often I talk to custom builders who don't really even have a leads list because they've spoken to them once and they didn't save that information. So, you know, having that information makes it so much easier, even if it's just a newsletter you want to send out once a month to all those people who've contacted you over the years to stay top of mind. You just never know where that next referral is going to come from. And in, you know, today's age, again, of all the clutter and all the noise out there, you want to break through it however you can. Yeah, I love it. I want to keep going, but we, you and I agreed to, to five. So (laughs) unfortunately we got through all of them, but this is really fascinating stuff. I mean, every one of your points I think was, um, really high value. And I I think a lot of our listeners are going to learn something from this. You are, uh, 
you're a branding savant. So yeah. I, <laughs> so I appreciate Carol, you coming on, coming on the show and spend a little time with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Jared. And, you know, if any of your listeners have questions, they can feel free to reach out to me or feel free to reach out to you and I'm happy to answer them. And where can people find you? They can find me at denimmarketing.com um, or carol at denimmarketing.com is my email um, or the phone number is 770-383-3360. And I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just marketing genius or maybe it was really luck, but you can find us on every single social site as Denim Marketing. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Carol, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it.